Just having business data isn't enough. But ZoomInfo leverages that data to unlock useful insights, like who to reach and how to reach them, so you can grow your business. Unlock insights at ZoomInfo.com. ZoomInfo, how business goes to market. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumblings.com. We've got another great pre-draft episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on tap for you today. Before we do that, I wanted to remind you how you can get in touch with the show if you wanted to leave us your questions. The best way is to leave us the audio at 716-508-0405. It's a podcast after all, and we like hearing your voice, not just mine. You can send us questions on Twitter at Rumblings Q&A. Email us using Rumblings at sbnation.com. You can leave comments in the comment section of our posts at buffalorumblings.com. Facebook messages, lots of ways to get in touch with the show. As we prepare for the 2019 NFL Draft, we've also got the Bills' schedule coming out for 2019. We'll have a breaking Buffalo Rumblings episode for that, so subscribe to our channel and you can get that in your feed. And then we'll have coverage each night of the NFL Draft with Anthony Marino breaking down the picks on breaking buffalo rumblings so make sure you're subscribed we've also got great podcasts coming up from circling the wagons and blitz bills and we'll have another episode before the draft so you can still get your pre-draft questions in to us this week lots of great coverage over on buffalorumblings.com we've got scouting reports we've got trade scenarios we've got you covered from soup to nuts on the 2019 nfl draft and, of course, on the schedule and everything else that's happening over the next week or so. So let's get to the questions here at Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. This week's question I'm getting a lot is, who is my biggest 2019 NFL draft crush? And while we picked TJ Hawkinson in the 2019 SB Nation mock draft, um, and he's definitely one of my crushes if if the Bills miss out on that top defensive talent, uh, he's a guy that I'd be very, very happy slotting in uh, at the tight end position for hopefully the next decade or so. But... Um, he's not my draft crush. My draft crush is Ed Oliver, the Houston defensive tackle. And before I did the scheme fit article that's up on buffalorumblings.com, I had never watched him at all. I'm, I'm not a guy that watches a lot of college football. Um, sorry about that. We, Dan Lavoy and Andrew Griffin do most of our college scouting, at least up until the two weeks that lead up to the 2000 or to, up until the NFL draft each year and so I went and looked at Oliver when I was writing up that scheme fit article and I just think it makes so much sense for the Bills he's a guy that is so talented and when I hear people compare him to Aaron Donald and Geno Atkins and a whole bunch of other of these stud defensive tackles he's exactly what the Bills need Um, I'm a big believer in generating pass rush up the middle you can do that with power like Marcel, Marcel Darius did by driving back guys to collapse the pocket. You can do it by knifing in like Kyle Williams did. You can do it a lot of different ways up the middle. 
but the Bills don't have a guy in their roster that can do that Kyle Williams three-tech knifing in role right now. They just don't have a guy that can provide an interior pass rush. And even Sean McDermott talked about this. I believe it was from the owner meetings in Arizona. He talked about it this offseason, how you need to generate pass rush up the middle, not just from the sides with Jerry Hughes and stuff like that. Because if you can make the quarterback hesitate in the back of his step because he can't step up into his uh, throw, that's when Jerry Hughes can come around the edge and um, and really get to the quarterback. It just takes longer to get to the quarterback from the outside. It's you know, just timing. So I really, really want them to add Ed Oliver to get in the middle of that defensive line and just start blowing plays up. Getting in and blowing up running plays in the backfield, knifing in, sacking quarterbacks or making them throw it away, things like that. That's how you attack Tom Brady. Um, the, the Giants proved that in the Super Bowl years ago with um, ruining the undefeated season. They were able to get pressure with their front four, and part of that was just getting guys in the interior of the defensive line to get into the backfield and ca- cause disruption. And Oliver can totally do that. He seems tailor-made for Sean McDermott. He's just a guy that I would love to plug into the Bills for the next you know, five, six, seven decade <laughs> um, and and just let him kind of run rough shot. And the fact that he's replacing Kyle Williams is, you know, just a bonus. Like, the Bills have a legit need at three-tech defensive tackle. It's not like I'm saying the Bills should go out and draft a quarterback or, or something like that when they already have a, a friend, well, who they think is a franchise quarterback on their roster. You know, I want them to go draft for need, but also he's really good at what he does. So he's a guy that is my draft crush this year. He went off the board at number... I think it was four or five in the SB Nation mock draft, so we weren't able to pick him. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the fear right now for folks that are all in on Ed Oliver is that a lot of mock drafts have him falling to Buffalo at nine, but if the Bills want to ensure that they're going to get him, they have to move up to get him because every team could use that. And as the SB Nation mock draft pointed out, there's teams that are willing to take him in the top five, six, seven picks. So if Buffalo really wants him, they have to move up to get him. And that's the question I'm getting a lot this week. Who is your 2019 NFL Draft Crush? Hey, my question is, so I hear a lot about moving up or moving back in the draft. My personal opinion is that uh, we have a top 10 pick and with the current state of the roster that um, not all the not all the picks are guaranteed to actually make the roster so i guess my question is what's your opinion how, how do you feel about this thanks i think the bills are prepared to pick in the top 10 of the 2019 nfl draft i think they have guys that they really love and they might not have an opportunity to draft in the top 10 again for a long time, or at least that's the hope. So I think if the Bills see someone that they think of as a generational talent, maybe an Ed Oliver, uh, maybe it's somebody else, I don't really know. But it, it feels like they are trending that way, at least based on what Brandon Bean said in his pre-draft press conference on Monday. Uh, it doesn't sound like they've got a huge desire to trade down 
Uh, that's not to say that they wouldn't if they got the right package to move down, especially if it was down to, say, 15 with Washington or, or something like that. So there's, while most Bills fans would think that the team would try to move down and get more picks, I think the Bills are looking for top-end talent with 10 picks in this draft. They can package some of those to move back up and get guys that are falling into the second round or falling into the third round or fourth round to get some of those depth players. They don't really need extra you know, fourth-round picks or extra third-round picks. If, if people start throwing around second round picks and future firsts and stuff like that they might be a little bit more tempted to fall but there's going to be premium players available at nine especially if um if the quarterbacks start going in the top 10 like we anticipate the the key thing to watch is the top four or five picks in the SB Nation mock draft Quinn and Williams and Ed Oliver and Nick Bosa and Josh Allen the pass rusher we're all off the board by pick number five, so that would make it really tough for the Bills to trade up. It would also maybe um, make them a little bit more inclined to trade down, but part of the SB Nation mock is that you can't trade up to get quarterbacks, so one of the things we're fully expecting is that teams are going to trade into the top ten to get quarterbacks, so some of that defensive talent is going to fall if that happens. So that's something that I'm looking at. I don't necessarily think that the Bills are going to trade down at this point. Um, John Warrow of the Associated Press has been reporting for a while that he thinks the Bills are actually more likely to trade up than trade down. And uh, when that report came out, I was surprised by it. And a lot of people were surprised by it. But it makes more and more sense looking at this roster where there's only two or three huge holes. They can fill the tight end hole in the second round if they don't give that pick up to move up in the draft. So say they move up to, say, number seven to be able to snag one of the defenders that they want, they can still keep that second-round pick and get a tight end uh, that can come in and start day one. And if they you know, still have two fourth-round picks or something like that, maybe they can move up into the third round and get that tackle for the future or something like that. Brandon Bede um, seems to indicate that he wants to select a top-notch player and even though earlier this offseason he said he he said we were a team that doesn't need to be picking in the top 10 so a lot of people thought that that meant that they could trade down but I just haven't been seeing that since that press conference at the end of the regular season so I still think the Bills are going to pick in the top 10 it might be a trade up We've been diving into all of those different options at buffalorumblings.com and we'll continue to do that between now and the 2019 NFL Draft beginning on Thursday night at the end of April. Thanks for your question at 716-508-0405. Our Twitter question of the day comes from Michael Patchen. On Twitter, he sent us the tweet at Rumley's Q and A with the word and spelled out in the middle of it. His Twitter handle is at Natron A Poke or something like that. I don't know. It might be punnier than I just explained it. But but he asked, how much will the team workouts that started this week allow the Bills to get a better feel of offensive line before the draft? Well, the, the, the easiest answer is they really won't. In phase one of OTAs, which is what the Bills and all of the NFL teams are in right now, they um, are just limited to strength and conditioning drills. And only strength and conditioning coaches are allowed on the field right now. And it's 90 minutes max. 
and then they can only be at the facility even for two hours. Um, and then there's two hours that they can lift weights. So they're not installing anything. At least they're not supposed to be. They're actual coaches, the offensive line coaches, Sean McDermott, all that stuff, they aren't even on the field with the players. So this is really just for conditioning. It's just for lifting weights and getting guys in the building to make sure that they're not causing trouble and all that other stuff. So it really doesn't provide any of what you're looking for, uh, any insight into the, what the offensive line players are going to bring to the table, the new six guys that they signed this offseason. Ty Insecki, uh, Adrian Waddle, uh, John Feliciano, Mitch Morse, Spencer Long, and, and Quentin Spain. None of them will be able to meet with coaches this week. Thanks for your question. At Rumlings Q&A on Twitter. Our next question also comes from Twitter, at Rumlings Q&A, and it's from Corey C., who asks, Who do you think is going to miss the cut with the additions of John Brown and Cole Beasley in the wide receiver room? Is Brown, Beasley, Zay Jones, Robert Foster, Isaiah McKenzie, Ray Ray McLeod, Duke Williams, and Victor Bolden too many to hold on to? And the answer to that is yes. There's way too many guys on the list you sent me, and you didn't even include Damari Scott and Cam Phillips, two guys that are currently on the roster. And Buffalo could still add a player or two in the 2019 NFL draft and as an undrafted free agent and stuff like that. So there's going to be a hefty competition at the position. I think the only guys that are absolute locks are Beasley and Brown. Foster and Jones played more than 90% of the snaps as the season went on. So I think that their roster spots are pretty safe. They are doing what the Bills want them to do, things like that. But other than that, nobody's guaranteed a spot. Um, Ray McLeod, it's probably the first one that I would talk about on your list. I think he's gone. They have effectively replaced him with Cole Beasley in the slot and Andre Roberts in the kick game and, and Isaiah McKenzie as well. So those two guys, I think, are on the outside looking in right now. Duke Williams hasn't done anything in the NFL to prove that he can play as well as he did in the CFL. He has a big uphill climb to make the roster as well. Um they're probably not going to end up with eight wide receivers on the roster. It's probably going to be closer to six or seven. Last year's initial 53-man roster had just six wide receivers on it. But three of those were Kelvin Benjamin, Andre Holmes, Jeremy Curley. And all of those guys were gone over the course of the year. They added Cam Phillips to the roster at one point. They added Robert Foster to the... They took Robert Foster off and added him back on at one point. So... The Bills obviously were in a state of flux at wide receiver last year, but but six was the number that they kept pretty much the entire season on the active roster, so that's the number you should be looking at right now. I think that's where we need to be looking at some cuts. There's definitely going to be guys on this list that end up on the practice squad or on you know the, the release wire at that uh, 53-man cutdown at the end of August. So I'm going with Beasley, Brown, Foster, Jones, and Roberts. And then one of those other guys is going to play his way onto the back end of the roster. But you got to have some special teams ability to do that. So maybe it's Isaiah McKenzie. Maybe it's Ray Ray McLeod. Or maybe it's one of the other guys we listed. Thanks for your question. At Rumlings Q&A. 
We'll be right back after this break. Businesses have always needed customers. So customer engagement has always been a thing. You know, steak dinners, golf, in-person handshakes. Not exactly efficient, though. But thanks to ZoomInfo, times have changed. Now you can engage with the right customers across all channels and grow your business efficiently and effectively, all from one platform. Sorry, steak dinner guy. We've got work to do. Unlock insights, engage customers, win faster at ZoomInfo.com. ZoomInfo, how business goes to market. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Our next question comes from Instinctively Yours on Twitter. Have they done enough in free agency to become a dominant offensive line, or is a pure first-round blue-chip talent still needed to round out this group for years to come? I think they've done enough to round out the offensive line for this season if they want to. Brandon Bean talked about this in his press conference at the opening of uh, organized team activities when he said that they didn't really have a ton of holes on their roster and they've been building toward that. I think that's accurate, but looking ahead, there's a 33 year old guy slotted to play right tackle right now. Deion Dawkins is maybe your left tackle. Maybe he's playing a p- different position on the offensive line. So I don't think that they are set for the long term by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, I think the only position that's set for the long term is center, where Mitch Morris has a four-year deal. But the rest of the guys that you're discussing are on one-year contracts, except for Inseki, who's 33, and Deion Dawkins, who has big question marks. So John Feliciano's on a multi-year deal, but is he going to be the starter at guard? I don't know. Spencer Long has a contract where you can get out of very easily after year one, year two, and year three. Um... I just don't know any of the guys that Quentin Spain signed to a one-year deal. They just have a lot of pieces that are movable on that offensive line. And I don't mean that in a positive way. I mean that they don't really have a guy that, you know, is entrenched at any of those positions except for Morse. So it would not surprise me at all if the Bills spent multiple picks on offensive linemen in the 2019 NFL draft in order to try and shore that up for the long term. Like we said, they don't have any glaring needs, but they could add a guy that could come in and, say, be the backup at guard who might end up being developing into your long-term starter at right guard or something like that. Or a guy that could come in and play tackle and develop into your starting right tackle down the line or something like that. Or maybe they spend a premium pick on Jonah Williams or Andre Dillard or some other offensive tackle that could come in play left tackle and then maybe you put Deion Dawkins where you want him long term so now you've solved two problems with one pick I don't really know how that's all going to shake out because I don't know what Bobby Johnson's looking for in the offensive lineman just because he's never really been an offensive line coach before but I think that they're definitely not settled on offensive line by any stretch of the imagination thanks for your question at Rumlinks Q&A on Twitter
The Real Underdog on Twitter sends in our next question. Do you think that the Bills will select Tyree Jackson in the later rounds if he is available? I don't know if Tyree Jackson or any quarterback is even going to be on the Buffalo Bills big board. Brandon Bean said something along the lines of 140 or 115 players are going to be on the Bills big board when the the draft starts. Um, That's not to say that you know, there's only going to be that many players drafted because there's way more than that drafted. But they take guys off for medical concerns or um, other reasons. Uh, they're just not scouting them as much as the other guys. And so they're not going to invest as much time in certain positions in certain rounds of the draft. Like I'm sure that they've looked at the first round quarterbacks and things like that. But at this stage in the game, they're not investing extra time in the first round quarterbacks because they know they're not going to take one. A little bit later in the draft, they could select a guy like Tyree Jackson to pair with Josh Allen, but I just see it as highly doubtful. I don't think that they've been, you know, indicating that and at any stretch of the imagination that they're going to get a quarterback this year. Now, Derek Anderson's super old, and Matt Barkley is, you know, Matt Barkley. So, I wouldn't rule out them getting a quarterback. I just would be surprised because this whole season is about mentoring Josh Allen. I think the time to go get your depth quarterback young depth quarterback is next offseason in 2020 um, and you just pour all of your resources into Josh Allen this offseason all of your resources in coaching time in player development and every aspect of the game just pour that into Josh Allen right now instead of adding another guy to the room that you're trying to develop it's just not the right time so I mean, if he's there in the 6th or 7th round, maybe uh, as an undrafted free agent, sure. But I just don't anticipate them spending really any sort of of draft capital on a quarterback this year. But Tyree Jackson fits the mold of the quarterbacks that they drafted last year. So you never know. Thanks for your question. At Rumlings Q&A on Twitter. Scott Fletcher asks on Twitter, Why are all the wide receivers five foot nothing and the cornerbacks we get are six footers? It's an interesting question and it centers around how those guys get open. Back in the day, Doug Whaley and Buddy Nix and and those guys all talked about a, a wide receiver that could get open even when he was covered. A guy that is that quote-unquote true number one receiver that can win matchups even if he's covered. Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, guys like that, Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald. But those guys are few and far between in the NFL. Guys like Randy Moss, who are 6'4", can run, uh, can jump, can fight for the ball, catch Odell Beckham Jr. is another one that comes to mind more recently. But... Those guys are few and far between. The guys that the Bills signed at wide receiver are guys that get open in a different way. Cole Beasley can stop on a dime and start and is very, very quick underneath, but that's why he's a slot receiver. John Brown is a guy that gets open deep with speed and, again, gets separation there. Think uh, Lee Evans or something like that. So the Bills haven't been getting those tall receivers because they've been getting receivers that get open in different ways. Uh, Cornerbacks... Um, you want a little bit more length there so that they can get their hands on uh, passes and, and knock them down and and things like that. But 
even Levi Wallace isn't like, you know, some massive physical specimen. So it's not like they're only signing you know, six foot four studs at, at cornerback and they're only signing you know, five foot one wide receivers that are little scat bugs and, and things like that. They're, they're looking for players that can get open and they signed two of them this off season. Robert Foster, six, two Zay Jones is six, two Duke Williams, the guy they signed from the CFL is 6'3". So they've got guys that have that length on their roster. Looking at the cornerback position, they have nobody that's over 6 feet tall. So it's not like they're signing these you know, massive physical specimens. Kevin Johnson's 6 feet even. Ryan Lewis is 6 feet even. Denzel Rice, Levi Wallace, they're all 6 feet even. Tredavious White's 5'11". So it's not you know, some massive kind of weird conspiracy. Thanks for your question. Our last question this week comes from Ron from New Mexico, one of the contributors at BuffaloRumblings.com, who tweeted at us, If the Bills don't go defensive line in the draft, can you see Bean signing Ndamukong Sue? The team did go after Antonio Brown after all. I don't think the Bills are going to sign Sue. I think the biggest reason is financial. They've already invested heavily in Star Latulale. They've given Jordan Phillips a, a pretty nice contract. Um, plus, uh, Phillips is already on a one-year deal, and that's probably what Sue's going to be looking for at 32 years old. Uh, that's what he signed last year with the Rams. It's probably what he's looking for this year. So I just think the investment in the potential, uh, a big contract for three guys would be a little bit too much for me as far as you know positional outlook. I know that defensive tackle is very important to Sean McDermott, but it just makes way more sense for them to add a young guy in there to replace Kyle Williams instead of Sue. Um, his personality is probably okay for Sean McDermott. I don't think that that would be an issue. Um, I think he would play hard. And that's really what McDermott's looking for, um, playing hard, playing within the rules, things like that. The rules part is, you know, a little bit different, but he's certainly a player that the the Bills or, or Titans or Browns or lots of other teams could definitely be interested in. I just don't see how the Bills commit that much money to the defensive tackle position in 2019. I know they did last year with Kyle Williams and Starler Tulele. Uh, but I just, with the big, I mean, the big-ish contract they handed out for Jordan Phillips, I mean, it's not like it's massive or huge or anything like that, but it just way, makes way more sense for them to spend a little bit less money at the defensive tackle position by adding someone that can be there for longer than one year. Thanks for your question. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Make sure you follow us at Buff Rumblings and at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter. We'll have lots of news, analysis, pre-draft stuff over the next week or so as we get ready for the 2019 NFL Draft. And of course, after that, as we get into actually the players the Bills picked. So call us, leave your questions at 716 508 0405 either before or after the draft you can email us rumly at buffalo rumlings at sbnation.com you can call us at 716-508-0405 
subscribe, like us on Apple Music and anywhere you get your podcasts. It really helps people find the show. Uh, Share it with a friend. Thanks for listening this week and go Bills. Businesses love data, like really love it. But is just having data enough? Yeah. Nope. Oh. Because the smart businesses, the really smart ones, use ZoomInfo. It leverages data to unlock useful insights. Insights so you know who to reach and how to reach them, letting you grow your business. So ask yourself, is your data insightful? Now it is. Unlock insights, engage customers, win faster at ZoomInfo.com. ZoomInfo, how business goes to market.